Father in heaven, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time that we can have together to commune with you. Lord, Ellen and I are going to do our best to share motivation, inspiration, and education. But Lord Jesus, you are in charge of illumination. So I pray that you would illuminate each heart. Every person here has a will and a desire to move forward. We all do. That includes Evelyn and I. And so we pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit, that you would come and be our teacher. Show us what to do. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says that we were created in God's image. I mean, let's land on that for just a moment. I know our time is short, but what does that actually mean? We pray for wisdom, don't we? We pray for, do you pray for wisdom? Well, that is called insight. We pray for insight. What does insight mean? It's knowing what to do. It's knowing what to do. We pray for that. We pray for, we pray for foresight. What is foresight? It's the ability, yeah, the Bible says, ponder the path of your feet, let all your ways be established. So we pray for insight. We pray for foresight. We pray for oversight. What is oversight? To be able to walk yourself in the direction that you want to go. That's what over, it's the part of you that monitors yourself. And we pray for hindsight. What is hindsight? Yeah, it's like, it's learning from stuff. But do you know that all of those faculties are actually viewable under, under, an, under imaging? So when we pray for those things, we're praying for a good thing. But if we don't act upon the impulses that are going to bring about those brain changes, that's really where the miracle takes place. Amen? So the miracle is in a brown wrapper. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that God isn't in it. Perseverance, the ability to feel wrong and do right, that's the miracle. So how many of you want the miracle of endurance today? Perseverance, patience, being able to be pulled this way but go that way. That's, what, that's where the miracle of change is going to end. Guess what's going to happen? Your brain's going to get more beautiful under imaging. How many of you would like to have a more attractive brain? Beautiful brains. Evelyn, do you want a more beautiful brain? Yes, yes, yes. She's got beautiful hair, but we want a beautiful brain, too. All right. So it is a war zone out there, and there are five battleground areas. And my personal belief is that you cannot leave one of them out and win a successful battle. No rocket ship takes off unless it's all systems go. But for some of it, it's all systems went. And so... The addicted brain is fighting hard, but we need to learn how to fight smart. What do you say? As a person that was a runaway, started running away from home when I was five, bulimic by the age of 11, drugs, crazy lifestyle for many years, I am so thankful that you and I are designed by God for renewal, restoration, and recovery. The Lord is in the business of taking messes and making miracles out of them. He knew what he was getting into when he got hold of you. So let's look at those five battleground areas. The environment is what is around you. You can go and get an angioplasty and get some fries and a burger on the way out of the hospital. So not only is your environment what is around you, but it's also what is inside of you, how you think, because you are going to do what you tell yourself to do. You're going to listen to what that tape is in your head. There's a saying that as the mind thinks, the mouth speaks, and the man moves. How many of you would like to form some better habits of thinking? How many of you would like to have habitual good behavior? 
That, that, do you think that the pilot in a crisis, in a storm, has to look at a manual? No. Knowing, <laughs> hope not. She's always got something to say. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when I, we all brush our teeth, right? You brush your teeth on a good day. You brush your teeth on a bad day. You brush your teeth whether everything's going good or going bad. How many of you would like to have habits that are in the right course no matter how the day is? And those habits will carry you, amen? The Bible says they will keep you because what we learn in the light, we're going to take in the darkness. So your environment is what surrounds you. We want our habits to become automatic, automatic, automatic godliness. His thoughts will become our impulses. How about that? It requires practice. Okay, culture is what pressures you. You have a culture at work. You have a culture at school. You have an ethnic culture. Uh, so a social culture. So what pressures you? We have to understand it and deal with it wisely and understandingly. Your biology is what changes you. Ellen White says in Ministry of Healing, what begins as a moral fall or what begins as curiosity can soon become a condition. So now you're not just dealing with a mental health issue. You're not just dealing with emotional and spiritual, although all of those things have physical ramifications. But over time, now you're developing biologic changes, even genetic expression changes that coexist with that change. Are you with me? What begins as an emotional thing becomes a condition. So when we are fighting, when we're fighting for change, do we have to address conditions as well as spiritual things and as well as all of the other aspects? Are you with me? All right, so your biology is what changes you, your brain is what drives you, and the spiritual is who leads you. The Bible says we do not even wrestle with flesh and blood, with, but with spiritual wickedness in high places, with principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. The problem is some of us have quit wrestling. And I, my personal prayer for you and for me every day, and the reason I do this, because it would be easier to be a greeter at Walmart, I will tell you, but my personal prayer and the reward of my work is not making everybody live a certain way. I want your greatest weakness to be weaponized against hell. How is your weakness going to be weaponized against the powers of hell? How? How is it? Well, you're going to overcome it, and it's going to become your strength. Amen? I mean, who, what committee in heaven appointed me to be health ministries director, health and temperance director? Oh, really? Would you have picked me if you knew my background? No. So I want for you to become a, a polished weapon in the hands of God to win souls. Time is short. Amen? Amen. And, and so let the weak say, I am strong. So let's say, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. Amen? Even if you don't believe it, you just said it and your brain heard you. Now, this, we're going to zero in on just one of those five battlegrounds. We have programs that address all of these. And by the way, please go to lifestylematters.com. All of these PowerPoints, uh, in 26 topics are up there for free in English and Spanish, plus videos. We want you to make your home, your church, a home of hope. And our con conference has graciously made these available to you for free. Beautiful scripted presentations. So thank you, God, uh, for that, lifestylematters.com. But look at this. Nutrition interventions may benefit psychiatric conditions and countless aspects of human well-being. 
what are some of those aspects of human well-being that would be benefited by, uh, by dialing up our nutritional habits into a more positive aspect? What are some mental health benefits that you could foresee? Or countless aspects of well-being. What would, what would one be? Clearer thinking. Right, in all those four areas. Foresight, insight, oversight, hindsight, better understanding. We pray to see things better. And the lifestyle is going to assist in that. What other well aspect of well-being would be improved? Feeling good. What does that mean? Better mood, better memory, more energy, more energy. What about stress? The ability to handle stress. What about sleep? What about being able to just enjoy people's company? If you f and, and, and get our minds off ourselves. That would be really a great thing, wouldn't it? But when you're hurting all the time and miserable all the time, you can't stop thinking about yourself. And that's one of the devil's best ways to keep you from doing ministry. Uh, and, and so we have to rise above. We have to address the defeat, the discouragement, and the doubt that is keeping our light in obscurity. And so today we're just addressing one of those issues. Positive lifestyle choices protect the brain and body, making it easier to cope with stress. Does that sound like a good idea? You know, I, I just don't see things getting easier, you know. And I mean, I, I eat berries and walnuts, and, and Evelyn, I still have a bad day. You know what I mean? I had a, we talked about walnuts and, and mental health, and it lowers inflammation. It has omega-3s. It dials down pain. It helps your cells be more flexible and more permeable, more electric. And so a lady came to me after a month. She said, I've been eating walnuts for a month, and I'm still grouchy. And I said, I, and I said well, Imagine how nasty you'd be if you weren't eating them. You know, it's like, just stay with it. Just stay with it. All right. I love this uh, quote by Antonio Convit. We have studied the effect of insulin resistance. Insulin is the carrier for glucose. Glucose is the fuel of the cells. So when the cells are resistant to insulin, it's like the grocery boy has come to your door. He's got the groceries. That's the glucose, but he can't find the doorbell. So guess what he does? He calls, for, he whistles for more grocery boys. That's called hyperinsulinism. The glucose can't get into the cells. So it's in the pre-stages of diabetes, full-blown diabetes, it's not a problem. At type 2, it's not a problem with not enough insulin actually producing more insulin, but it's not what? It's not getting into the cells. And when, and when insulin can't get the glucose into the cells, that's what needs to get into the cells, what happens at the cellular level? And how do you feel? If you can't get energy into the cell, what's going to happen? How are you going to feel? Fatigue. And what's the first thing we're going to tell you to do? We're going to tell you to move. Just one bout of exercise can, can increase insulin sensitivity anywhere from two hours to two days. And there are other proteins in the muscle called glucose transporters. And when you exercise your muscles, those glucose transporters go to the end of the cells outside, grab glucose, and bring it in. So even for the type 1 insulin-dependent diabetic, excellent uh, um, uh, exercise increases the number of those glucose transporters and makes your muscles more efficient and produces energy. 
Isn't that just wonderful? I'm really thankful today that God has, has created you. He's created me for renewal, recovery, and restoration. Otherwise, I would just say, let's give it up and go to Chuck E. Cheese. It's over, people. I've eaten enough cheesecake for 10 people in my lifetime, being bulimic for 20 years. And so I'm so grateful that what, if we give him what we have, he will put us in a level place. And he will make you steadfast. And he will begin to improve your life. And I'm thankful for that today. And not only that, we're going to learn today that God has built multiple backup systems to help to recover mental, physical, and spiritual health. Are you thankful for that today? We've studied the effect of insulin resistance on the pancreas, the retina, and other organs. But what about the brain? No one thinks about the brain. The brain is the place of communication with God. Your brain produces new nerve cells every day. The neuron is the basic unit of communication, and the neurotransmitter is the basic chemical of communication. And all 50 neuromodulators, neurochemicals that we associate with mood that are produced in the brain are capable of action at a distance. So when you're upset, where do you feel it? Where do you feel it? You feel it in your gut. That's right. And all 50 of those neurotransmitters and neurochemicals that we associate with mood are made, stored, and secreted in the mobile cells of the immune system, the cells of the respiratory tract, and the cells of the GI tract. So what does this mean? It means that when you discipline and think and speak according to what we are learning from God's word, it actually sends messengers of well-being to these systems of the body. Would that be a good thing? And when you treat your body according to God's plan, those molecules of well-being assist in mental health and recovery. Thankful for that today as well. In fact, serotonin, which we associate with mood, uh, and it's also called a learning transmitter because when serotonin levels are in the basement, you, it's just hard to learn. That's why we want you to get out and exercise right away. Uh, but 95% of serotonin is produced in the GI tract. Half of dopamine, which has to do with reward. GABA, about half of GABA, which has to do with impulse control. Could we all use a little more of that? My husband used to say, Vicki, is your motto ready, shoot, aim? <laughs> he said, do you ever think before you speak? When we were at meetings, he'd say, if there, wasn't, if there was a curtain in front of the table, I could you know, give you a reminder. Uh, but I'm so thankful that over time, these systems are healed. These backup systems were placed within us by our creator. And by the way, those dead spots in the brain where D2 is all worn out, uh, the D2 receptors, the dopamine through abuse of drugs or food, eating disorders, whatever, in the higher centers of the brain, there's D3, D4, D5, and D6. And when you delay gratification, when you go for that walk when you don't feel like it, when you do what you're supposed to do, when, when you make those right choices, it stimulates those compensatory dopamine pathways. So I'm thankful. I'm always looking for my creator when I do research. And I see him everywhere trying to rescue us from ourselves. Amen? Repeated poor food choices can set what kind of patterns? That means switch, that's like a switching station at a train. That means the genetics start to behave differently. John Rady, neuropsychiatrist from Harvard University and author of User's Guide to the Brain, said this. He said, genes do not make a man gay, fat, happy, or a leader. Genes make proteins. 
And the way we live is going to affect the way those proteins turn on or off. Now, I'm not trying to minimize uh, some of the genetic liabilities that we have. We have genetic liabilities. We inherit tendencies. We are born into environments that we would not choose. Uh, we make choices that if we could go back and do it again, we would do it differently. But I'm here to tell you that whether by choice, chance, or circumstance, God's got you covered. And he wants you to move forward, not backward. And if you could dial up success by 15% this week, would you do it? Would it make a difference? If you could dial down suffering, pain, agony, and misery by 20%, just through some simple modifications, would you do it? You know, we, want, we always want a bullseye, don't we? But here's the truth of the matter. I want you to walk out of this place determined that you're going to have joy in the journey. It's not what you get when you set a goal. It's what you become as you reach it. That's the important thing. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is a joyful thing to cooperate with God and do what he says. I take two very big pills. Even though we had a natural remedies class, I take two very big pills every morning. Sometimes they're small and sometimes they're big. It's called trust and obey. <laughs> On a bad day, they're big and hard to swallow. On an easy day, Kool-Aid. Repeated poor food choices can set fundamental patterns in the production of what? Brain, that means genetic expression that regulate what? Appetite and mood so that you become a victim of mood swings, food cravings, poor sleep habits, and what kind of problems? Emotional problems. Why? Poor eating habits. So what are metabolic syndrome? When we talk about metabolic syndrome, it's a complex of disorders that increases your risk. It's basically a low-burning inflammation, a chronic inflammation that, is, that sets your metabolic house on fire. And it can manifest in different ways. It can manifest in chronic depression, anxiety. It can manifest in heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, gut problems, irritable bowel. And there are many pathways to develop these problems. And some people are, are wired in such a way that they have a great tendency to suffer from these maladies. So, so we, don't, we don't judge how serious a person's uh, uh, pathway has diverged from, from helpful modalities by what their actual situation is. Because some people uh, have a lot of misfortune. And it's going to play out in their lives. You know, Jesus himself, he prayed for deliverance from the cross with strong prayers, crying, and tears. And the Bible says that God heard him in that he feared. Now, you, you know, he, he died on the cross. He was not delivered from his cross, but he had victory over it. You may not be delivered from your cancer but you can have victory over it. You may not be delivered from those migraines, but you can have victory over it. And, and by living the, God's lifestyle, you can add value to your life, dial down the suffering. Is that, is that a good thing? Even if you don't get your, your bullseye, praise God, you can serve him with what you have. Amen? I've, I've been doing seminars and had to take a, an ambulance after class to the, to the ER. For, a, uh, for migraine. But I thank God that I can serve him with what I have. Amen? Amen. So metabolic syndrome and brain risks, uh, you know, we increase the risk for these things. Depression, slower thinking. Oh, we need more of that every day, don't we? You know? Uh, 
Less alert. Oh, that sounds good. Accident ha waiting to happen. Less energy. Memory loss. Dementia. This is a really important thing. I, I heard a very important, um, let me go back, a really interesting seminar on uh, new dimensions in, in uh, dementia. Kind of sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? But when you think of dementia, what is the first symptom that you think of when you think of dementia? You think of memory loss. But actually, 20 years before there is actual memory loss, what the first steps toward cognitive decline and dementia are impairment of what's called the parietal area of the brain, which governs the ability to, to initiate a behavior and stick to it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll cry later. So, so you may think you just have a spiritual issue going on, but you actually may have some organic changes that you need to address and fight smart. So what does this mean? It means you make a list, you, you sign your name to it, you stick to it, you get a buddy, and you do it regardless of how you feel. We have to recognize that these pathologic processes are not just emotional and will. They are structural, functional changes that take place over time, and we have to fight. And I'm determined to fight. How about you? If the diet is largely junk food with large amounts of highly saturated animal fat, the membranes reflect that fact. They're going to be less flex flexible. So they're less flexible, they're less permeable, they're less conductive, and they're less electric. And when, and when you have a stress reaction, the fatty acids that make up, that, that those cells are made up of, they release cytokines that are pro-inflammatory, pro-depression, and pro-increased pain. So when you start eating healthy fats, it's going to change the matrix. It's going to change the composition of those fats, of all the cells in your body, so that when you have a stress reaction and there's an inflammatory reaction, which is a good thing, we need it if you get a bee sting or whatever, it's going to have le less inflammation, a better kind of inflammation, less pain, less irritability, less, less stress hormone activity. Does that sound like something you would like to take home with you? If you could buy it, would you do it? If you could go to the store and buy a miracle, would you do it? Well, miracles do come in cans. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The question is, do you want to? That's the question. But you can. But it's one step at a time. One step at a time. Don't walk out this door with 50 things. Walk out with one that you are going to do until it becomes so habitual that you miss it if you don't do it. And that will build, that'll make your platform for the next thing. It's called a keystone habit. I want to show you what insulin resistance looks like. Uh, if you were going to go to the store and you were going to barbecue a steak, which one would have um, more flavor? The one, the one that's striated with fat. This is actually not a beef steak. That's human skeletal muscle. This is what diabetes looks like. This is what obesity looks like. This is what insulin resistance looks like. It's striated fat in the muscle. And by the way, the, the definition of obesity is not just bigness. It's the ratio of lean muscle to body fat. And with that definition, 
40% of normal weight individuals would be classified as normal weight obese. They're at risk for 30 different chronic inflammatory ailments and diseases, but they do not have evident overweight. So how do you, how do you prepare an animal for slaughter if you want this kind of steak? What do you have to do? There's two things. You have to overfeed them, and then what's the second thing you have to do? You have to not let them, what? Move. That's exactly right. So those are the two things. You know, everybody wants a quick, easy, fast, you know, the people on TV, if you want to get rid of, if you want to deal with this, if you want to lose all that mid-body, if you want to have energy, if you want to feel great, you just buy these raspberry drops. You buy these raspberry drops, you don't have to change a thing. The mid-belly fat's going to burn off. You're going to look like, who knows what, Tanya Tucker, I don't know, some movie star. What do you think about that? Do you think that's what's going to happen? No. No, but the people who sell you those drops, they've bought an island somewhere, okay? And they took their personal trainer and their chef. They're going to eat asparagus and exercise every day, and they're going to look good. Okay, so forget the raspberry drops. Pray for perseverance. Perseverance is the key. Perseverance is the miracle. Just because it's hard doesn't mean God isn't in it. If it's hard, he is in it. I'm going to read you something real quick, a sentence here that I keep in my Bible. For the mind and the soul, as well as for the body, it is God's law that strength is acquired by effort. Oh, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> but that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Uh, that is found in Education 123, ABC. I will read it again because it's short. It says, for the mind and the soul, as well as for the body, it is God's law that strength is acquired by effort. That's, that's where the change takes place, amen? Eating a high fructose diet or added sugar diet over the long term alters your brain's ability to do what? Learn and do what? Remember what? <sighs> Our study shows that a high fructose diet harms the brain as well as the body. So two little Chips Ahoy cookies, 170 calories, right? Mostly sugar. You'd have to, you could have 25 medium strawberries and three peaches. See the difference? So Evelyn's going to share more about that. Animal saturated fat, fried foods, soft processed foods, and a high sugar all decrease brain cell growth and survival. We're going to see some practical um, illustrations of where some of these fats are found. Now, I know that you guys don't eat this stuff, but this is about how many ounces of meat do you think this is? It's eight ounces of meat, and it's about the size of my hand and about the thickness of my hand. It has about 60 grams of fat. I want to show you what 60 grams of fat looks like. This is a tablespoon. One tablespoon has 15 grams of fat. What would two tablespoons have? 30. What would three tablespoons have? 45. And four tablespoons would be 60. So there's around 60 grams of fat in one of those marble steaks. There we go. <laughs> around 60 grams of fat. Do you know anybody that eats two of these at a meal? And then a baked potato with what? 
And then a, a salad with what? And then a dessert with what? So we would have to just keep on piling this, wouldn't we? This is also the amount that's found in a burger and fries. 60 grams of fat. Hold on. Six handfuls of Fritos has about 60 grams of fat. And you're not going to like this one. Four pieces of cheese pizza has about 60 grams of fat. So in the morning when people go through the drive-thru, they get their dose of fat. In the afternoon uh, for lunch, they have another dose of fat. In the afternoon for their snack, another dose of fat. For supper, it's a huge dose of fat. And for midnight snack, here we go. We've got some pizza going. No wonder we are having some issues. What percent of the brain is fat? 60% of the brain is fat. I couldn't believe that. I thought, where is it? Well, all of those membranes, all those neurons are covered with a layer of fat, as Vicki was just saying. It, it affects the flexibility, the permeability, the electricity that, that of, of the cell. And all those neurons, those neurotransmitters, are influenced by the amount of fat. So the type of fat we eat affects the brain. The type of fat we eat is the type of fat we wear. It's very easy to turn the fat we eat into the fat we wear. This is a one pound. How much do you think this is? This is five pounds. So uh, this is going to affect inflammation. It's going to affect risk of diabetes and heart disease and these chronic diseases. But the, inf the two inflammatory foods, as you may know, is sugar. And we found out that this is the amount of sugar in one liter of Mountain Dew. If you were here on Sunday, you saw that if you take, oh, for those of you here on Sunday, how much sugar is in one teaspoon? How many grams of sugar is in one teaspoon? Four. So you would divide the how much sugar is in the product, divide that by four, and it tells you how many teaspoons are in the product. And that's what we did on Sunday. So just trust us that this is the amount. So these two foods are creating the issue. They are refined. I have all my stuff here. Um, these, are the, um, these are the culprits that are affecting insulin resistance and, uh, of course, increasing the weight. And, big deal, affecting our brain. So, what are we going to do to reduce these types of foods? Because we have an appetite for these foods, don't we? They call us. And so, that's what we're going to talk about in our next section is how is, are these foods influencing the microbiota, the, the gut uh, bacteria that's in our gut? And, and some researchers say we have 10 times more bacteria cells in our body than we have body cells. And if you were to pile them all up here, it would be three to five pounds of bacteria cells. And as we eat these foods, it creates bacteria that love sugar. 
that love fat. And so we eat these foods and more of this bacteria, it grows, and that influences our taste buds of what we want to eat. And the body calls for that. These foods also throw off our appetite hormones, the liptin and the ghrelin that tell us when we're hungry and when we're full. So yes, it may be take effort to get over the hump, but I'm sure there's many of you here who have a story of, I used to drink this stuff, but I don't anymore. What did we do? We had an effort involved, and we decided we were going to drink water. It was pretty hard for a few days, maybe, or maybe a few weeks, but you got your victory, and now you don't even want this stuff anymore. And that's the principle. We can't live in the society and say, I ought to eat that, but I really want this. You know, and just live that way continually. We get to a point where our biology is changed and we actually want the good stuff. And we're going to focus on that next. So, okay. Yeah, 100 billion bacteria. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting. Evelyn's talking about these gut hormones. There's a peptide in the stomach uh, uh, called neuropeptide Y. And when we drink these, I worked with a lady in California that was drinking 10 a day of these. She would start a fight with her husband in order to go out and get Mountain Dew. My husband called it Mountain Don't. Um, but uh, neuropeptide Y is, uh, turns on signaling that you're hungry. So when we drink the fruity drinks and eat the sweets, even artificially sweetened, which are an independent risk factor for type 2 diabetes, the signaling is, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, feed me, feed me. And then when we eat the burgers and the pizza, ghrelin, which is a hormone in the fat cells, that is what signals, I've had enough. And it muscles it. These high-fat, saturated-fat foods put muffling, muffle the signal that you've had enough. So we think we're just fighting a spiritual battle, but I'm here to tell you that it's a biologic battle. So did you hear what she just said? The diet drinks do the same thing. Yeah. They throw off the liptin and ghrelin, and they change the microbiota in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah, but we want to get things on the right direction, right? That's where we're headed. Okay, have you ever, have you ever taken a GPS in the wrong direction? You, you're going to Olive Garden, and you wind up in a cornfield? Okay. So we want to go in the right direction. How many of you want to go in the right direction today? How many of you would like every biologic system to be in harmony with what you really want? I mean, that's reasonable. I, I can't, like Evelyn said, I can't fight. I can't fight those kind of cravings my whole life, every day, all day long. I have to start loving and wanting those good things. And by the way, she talked about taste buds. We think of taste buds as sweet, salt, what else? Bitter, sour. But in fact, you have thousands of genetic receptors on the tongue, and when food or drink slides over, it actually turns the, the receptors on or off, and it, it, it connects with a cortical area in the brain that's associated with flavor and taste. So can our taste buds actually change over time? Yeah. And I said this on Sunday, you know, the, it has been joked around that a serving size of ice cream is when the spoon hits the bottom of the container. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> So people will eat a, a, a pint of ice cream with a strawberry on top, and we say, when you're, when you're conquering this thing, how about use the flip it plan? So what would the flip it plan be? Two, a pint of strawberries and one tablespoon of ice cream on top. So that's a way to begin to retrain 
those taste buds. Let, well, let's just look a little bit about the gut-brain thing. This is really a very interesting, in the, in the annals of, uh, of neurology, uh, it is now understood that depression is about, a bro is about broken connections. Depression is about inflammation and broken connections in the brain as well as with uh, people. And so the, the, in, in chronic disease, diabetes, obesity, inflammatory conditions, metabolic disease, what am I leaving out? Diabetes, did I say that? Depression, high st chronic stress. Uh, there is atrophy that occurs in an area of the brain called the hippocampus. The hippocampal area of the brain has to do with learning and memory, and it, it is very rich in cortisol receptors. And then there's an area of the brain called the amygdala, which has to do with emotional memory. And so stress and inflammation affect areas of the brain that are associated with depression. Well, guess what? It has now been discovered that crunchy foods nutrient-rich crunchy foods, because if I didn't say nutrient-rich crunchy foods, what would you be thinking? Okay, that's like what the college kids do. We shut the doors, have detention, make them say it the right way. So nutrient-rich rich, crunchy foods actually stimulate nerve cell growth, growth in these areas of the brain that are associated with depression. So when you think of uh, what I would like to have everybody repeat is my motto, crunch for lunch. Okay, let's say it together. Crunch for lunch. So if you, so this, I do this almost every day of my life. It, I would be so crabby by Thursday if I didn't do this every day. I have these amazing crunchy salads every day. Every day. And I put them in a wrap. I, I, I'll put them in a whole wheat wrap or a pita pocket. But what are some things you could make a gorgeous, colorful, crunchy salad? What, what could you get that crunches? Carrots. And what else? Beets and celery and kale, broccoli and cauliflower, cucumbers, bell peppers. You know, you, you can just go on and on. And every day I, I vary it a little bit, and then I'll add a protein source to it, like a tofu or a garbanzo bean or the corn products I really appreciate and like, Q-U-O-R-N. You can get those at Meyer, And put it in a wrap with some lemon and a little extra virgin olive oil and seasoning. And I'm here to tell you, uh, I am just like surprisingly cheerful. I, I don't come from a cheerful group of people in my family, okay? But, but it, is, it, really, it really makes a difference. It's amazing. And the lemon juice increases iron absorption. The, the extra virgin olive oil has 31 different antioxidants, including hydroxytyrosol, which softens arterial walls, lowers inflammation. You are getting a beautiful meal of medicine. And you know what? I crave it. I love it. I would choose it over pizza. I mean, I can hardly believe I'm hearing myself say this, but it's true. It is true. Now, does that mean you're never going to have a dessert again? Does it mean you're never going to have? No, but, it, but the problem is we're having a birthday party for breakfast, you know, Christmas for lunch, Thanksgiving for dinner, Fourth of July before we go to bed. A lot of fireworks, not the kind we want. So how many of you would like to crave the good stuff? It is so awesome, and, and I get those mixes. You can get those gorgeous mixes that has shaved Brussels sprouts and, and asparagus and all these different cabbages and vegetables, and there's a teriyaki mix with peas in it and all kinds of, you just mix it up, change it up. Doesn't that sound good? Um, so what, what's important in terms of battling against the anxiety and depression, uh, meal content, the amount, 
The crunch factor and meal timing. It's really interesting that we, in studies with diabetic women, uh, that isocaloric meals, so when we talk about an isocaloric meal, that would be two, two groups of people eating the same number of calories, but at different times during the day. Diabetic women who ate their meal early and spaced the meals without snacking had far superior health outcomes than those who either ate all day or ate at night. So when we eat matters. The type of calories that we eat matter. How much we eat matters, even of good things. But it's really more difficult to overeat on a good high fiber diet. So let's talk a little bit about this brain-gut axis. We actually have two separate uh, nervous systems, it, basically one for your GI, the, the digestive system, and another for the brain, and they're always talking. Uh, they, there's a crosstalk that goes back and forth between these two systems. And the microbiome, when I say microbiome, that's the microbiota, the bacterial, those 100 billion bacteria that Evelyn is talking about, which is 10 times more than human cells, the microbiome talked through the nervous system in several ways. So first, the microbiome that you have affects uh, your nervous system. It affects hormonally. It affects the hormone system. It affects the, uh, the brain, and it affects the immune system. So the immune... Hmm? Yeah, yeah, in fact, your microbiome actually trains your immune system. It trains it. So, so the nervous system, the immune system, and hormonal system all affected by the types of food that you eat based on the way the microbiota, the, the way they colonize, like the inhabitants of a city. Uh, it's very, very fascinating. And again, I see this as backup systems that God has placed within us to bring healing and 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 recovery and restoration and renewal to our bodies. Because you know what? Most of us have really, you know, why are we here? Because we have, had, we have stories to tell, right? But I want your story to turn into a testimony, amen? amen? And God has designed us to be able to recover. So there's a constant exchange of chemicals and electrical messages between the nervous system and the digestive system. And, and the microbiome train your immune system and affect the nervous system and, and affect hormones. Very, very important. The entire digestive system is closely attuned to what? A person's emotions and state of mind. Therefore, what affects the stomach will directly affect the brain and vice versa. The gut-brain connection is no joke. This connection goes both ways. A troubled intestine can send, a troubled intestine can send signals to the brain and a troubled brain can send signals to the gut. Now, I'd like to talk about the gangsters in the gut. By the way, your microbiota, your bacteria, you are born with a certain template. Uh, and so is it possible to have a template of bacteria that may tend toward obesity? It's possible. Uh, but all of these things are, about, how about toward anxiety or toward depression? So there are links with this, but your microbiota are like your children. They need to be walked every day. They need to go to sleep at night. So it's not, and they need to be treated nicely in terms of the way we think because it affects their activity. We can, when we're stressed all the time, upset all the time, angry all the time, um, 
it, it's like clear-cutting like clear healthy bacteria. It just murders them. Uh, and so then the pathogenic bacteria can start to take over. So isn't it, isn't it really wonderful how the discipline of life, uh, the Bible says of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And when it talks about receiving the seed of God in our hearts, it says he wants our fruit to remain, but they bring forth fruit with endurance. So God wants our wishbone to be transformed into backbone. And that requires trials. It requires discipline. It requires doing what we know instead of what we feel. And all of these things are going to actually help to grow healthy gut bacteria to assist you along the way. Are you thankful for that today? How many of you would like to have nice bacteria in your, in your city? You don't want gangsters in your gut, do you? All right. So this is very, very interesting. This is a very interesting book by uh, Scott Anderson, written with a couple of neuro, uh, neurologists and a neuropsychiatrist. Uh, the Psychobiotic Revolution, very interesting information, well-researched. The Western diet with high levels of and lead to high levels of firmicutes. Okay, so there are two cat classes of basic classes. There are hundreds and thousands of different species of bacteria, but two major classes of bacteria in the gut are firmicutes and bacteriodetes. Okay, so in obese populations, there is a higher ratio of firmicutes and a lower ratio of bacteriodes. Firmicutes bacteria are what are called obesogenic. Obesogenic. So what would that mean, obesogenic? They tend to promote what? They tend to promote weight gain. Firmicutes bacteria harvest 20% more calories from the same food. So every time the person with a high ratio of firmicutes is, is eating certain types of food, it's harvesting 20% more calories. So a calorie does not equal a calorie, a calorie, a calorie. So what we want, if you had the choice, would you like to have a better ratio of bacteriodetes to firmicutes? And by the way, the pizza and the sugar and the candies and the cakes, I call it the chips, chops, and lollipops, they actually promote bacteria to inhabit the gut that increase anxiety and depression. And they are associated with a host of other maladies. Now, I am not a person, Evelyn is not a person that says there's just this one thing that causes all these things. But would you agree with me today that this is an important tool and component that we need to be aware of? And if a better diet dialed your anxiety down by 25%, would that be worth the change? So am I saying today that if you, if you eat perfectly and exercise that you're never going to be anxious again? Am I saying that? No, there may be other problems, there may be other causes, but these are very powerful tools uh, that can greatly relieve suffering. So what we want are more bacteriodetes. And by the way, fecal uh, transplant experiments with uh, rats, when an obese rat is, is uh, when, his, uh, when a fecal <laughs> transplant from an obese rat to a thin rat occurs, the thin rat gains weight becomes obese. When a thin rat 
when there's a fecal transplant to the obese rat, the thin rat, I mean the fat rat, loses weight. And same with anxiety producing microbes. So these microbes have a very powerful influence on anxiety producing. And by the way, the bacteria in your gut are what break down fiber foods into short chain, medium chain fatty acids. These fatty acids are the substrate or the energy or the food for your gut cells. Very, very important. And their byproducts, the byproducts of that breakdown signal what neurotransmitters to produce. So when you eat beautiful, colorful, healthy fiber foods, the breakdown products of fermentation are going to signal an increase of serotonin, dopamine, GABA, calming hormones, energy-producing hormones, lowering anxiety. Is that good news today? Yeah. So Formicides versus Bacteriodetes. Formicides are obesogenic. There's, in people that do not have a lot of diversity in the diet, they're not eating a good array of beautiful, colorful fruits and vegetables and whole grains. Uh, they have less microbe diversity. They are much more prone to becoming frail as they age. More illness, not just physical illness, but mental illness is associated with less microbe diversity. How do, what are the kinds of foods that we want to eat to increase the good microbiota? The dietary fiber foods. Do any of you have children in the primary age, seven and eight-year-olds? Well, we're, we're talking about that with the kids as well this week. Um, but what are those foods that have good uh, fiber in them for microbiota? Fiber is what our good bacteria thrive on. Like Vicki said, it actually becomes food for the good bacteria to grow. So as we're reducing some of these foods and increasing the fiber foods, we give food for the good bacteria to grow. And if we, if we reduce the sugar and fats, then those will slowly um, be less. So eating a rich rainbow. So when we eat foods, whole foods um, from both the crunchy ones and also the cooked ones, these have an array of bacteria on them. You wash them, it's still there. And even in their cells inside, you have different bacteria. So we've always heard, eat a variety of foods. Well, when you do that, you actually get a variety of different macro, uh, microorganisms uh, to feed the gut bacteria. So not only is it on the, on the fruit foods, but it's also in the foods. So, and as we eat these rainbow of colors, we're getting um, there's 53,000 different uh, phytochemicals that help our cells to stay healthy as well. So we want to uh, we want to sh shop smart. <laughs> it wasn't getting out of there. So what is a what is a great uh, strategy to shop smart? <laughs> Stay on the outer edges, and don't go starving, right? And if you have a list, that's a great idea, isn't it? If you have a list. So planning ahead and getting a, a good variety of different foods, fresh foods and some frozen maybe, and uh, the whole grains, so lots of veggies. Uh, watch for the hidden calories. Look at those um, 
the, the, um, um, the labels and make sure that you are really wanting the product that is there. So beware, when it comes in a bottle or a bag, then um, be very careful. Doesn't mean that everything that comes in a bottle or a bag is bad, but that is something to be very much aware of, especially something like this, and we have seen some of the demo with that. So, uh, and also, shift the calories. You know, it's, uh, it doesn't take long to consume a lot of calories when it's full of sugars and fats as compared. You could, you could actually eat more fruit than this for the amount of calories that's in a soda. So uh, how long would it take you in the crunch factor to eat five or six fruits? Uh, one Danish. You could have an apple, banana, orange, and a half of a cantaloupe. And there, there could come a time when you would actually want this instead of that. I wonder if there's anybody in here. Is there anybody in here who would rather have this pile? A couple of you. Okay. <laughs> See? It can happen. So we always use the plan of addition. When we start school, we learn to add before we take away. So we're going to add. And uh, those of you who love numbers, how much dietary fiber do we want for the day? How many grams of fiber? 30 to 50 grams. So you're looking at about 15 to 20 grams of fiber if you are a numbers person, but you don't have to be a numbers person. So we want some, some good steel-cut oats. At our house, we use the whole, uh, they're called oat groats. Not a very nice word, but very nice for you. So intact grains. So using the whole food. Uh, so add the good stuff, maybe, before you completely get rid of the other things. Because as you eat that good breakfast and as you have that crunch factor for lunch, it's going to help you to stay satisfied so that you're not craving the sugar as much. Choosing the whole grains, as we just mentioned. Making sure you get plenty of beans, 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 beans. If you've ever heard Vicki and I talk, we are the bean ladies. Okay? These are the foods that are the highest in dietary fiber and have a tremendous influence on the bacteria that's in the gut. And uh, so uh, find ways to add more beans, especially if you're dealing with uh, blood sugar issues or lowering cholesterol. Enjoying healthy fats. Just one ounce of nuts a day, and this is an ounce, just one ounce of nuts a day has been shown to lower the risk of heart disease by 50%. Lowering the risk of heart disease by 50%. And all different kinds of nuts and seeds. Of course, we love walnuts because they have the omega-3s, but all of the nuts have a great contribution. So having those intentional positive choices, they really do change the body. They really do change the brain. And, and, and over time, you get to the point where you really crave the good stuff. You're hungry and you say, I really want the lentil soup. I really want to have the good stuff. And there are some simple ways to do it. Uh, there are things, this is a soup that you can get if you need something quick uh, to take to work with you and, and heat up. Some veggie burgers, I get these at uh, Aldi's. They're made from kale and veggies. Of course, you know about quinoa, but there are some simple things that you can do to increase the fiber. Thank you. It's inspiring. Okay, raise your right hand. 
Oh, wow. I promise. I promise. To do my best. To do my best. To eat more fiber foods. To eat more fiber foods. You better get in line ahead of us is all I've got to say. We're on it. We are on it. Yeah, it's a wonderful transformation. But you know what? Uh, how, does, how does deliverance happen? Are you going to walk out of here and it's just a done deal, one and done? No. It how does deliverance happen? It's going through with God in the midnight hour when no one hears you or cheers you. There's no pretty music playing. You need surgery. Somebody else gets their healing. But perseverance says, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to press into Christ, press through the difficulty, press on to victory until I get there. The flesh says it's either not important or it's not urgent. But Jesus says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So perseverance is the key. And successful people are not mistake-free. They just refuse to give up. They keep saying yes. How many of you are going to keep saying yes until you get it? You can turn every setback into a comeback. Expect challenges. They do happen. Attitude <laughs> is everything. You know, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You're just not going to get anywhere until you what? Change it. Do not let yesterday's reason become today's excuse. You may have been thrown under the bus in life, but it's time to get out and drive that thing. Amen? Amen. The great physician has a remedy for every ill. He understands your case, whatever may have been your errors. He knows how to deal with them. Will you not trust yourself in his hands today? Will you trust him? God is inviting you to trust him with your daily life your present situation, and your daily decisions. He's inviting you to allow him to calm you and lead you. Is the lifestyle that he has given you one of those ways? Does it require a choice on your part? I remember one time I was just pleading with God, oh, Lord Jesus, more energy. Oh, please, more energy. You know what picture came into my head? A pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> Spend time in his word. That's the only way we're going to learn to trust him more and devote time to prayer. Connect with God. He will forgive you. You know, what happened to you may not be excusable, but it is forgivable. We think we experience forgiveness, but saying that is like thinking you're taking one shower and you're done with dirt. Every day, we're going to have an opportunity to experience forgiveness, growth, learning, adjusting, learning how to see people and circumstances and even our past through God's eyes. But by him, you can do it. He will create new desires in you. All the self-help books in the world cannot make you love to do what's right. Jesus loves you. He loved you first, and you need him. Let's just face it. And as you spend time with him, he will, he will create a deeper love for him in your heart so that you won't want to displease him. He will empower you. He'll change what you like. He will guide you, and all your microbiota will be in agreement with God. I mean, don't you need that? One billion microbiota saying yes to God, and he will save you. Connect with God. Here's what's going to happen to you. You will learn from your mistakes. Does that sound like a good idea? Yes. You think you're done making mistakes? No. No, you've got some stuff to learn. So do I. You will mature in his character. 
And I'm really thankful for that. He wants us to have fruit, and he wants that fruit to remain. He's preparing us for the great harvest, his second coming. And he says that our light will rise in obscurity. God's people are described as a victorious people. They're described in Joel chapter 2 as a sunrise over a dark mountain, a great people and a strong. And I believe it starts right here with a decision to do what he says. Amen? You will walk in his love. You will grow in his grace, rejoice in his salvation. You know, like a pine sapling that grows stronger and sturdier and bigger with each passing season. You will gain strength of character as you walk with God through every circumstance of life. The good times, the bad times, the trauma, the drama, the dreams, all of it are, is, are in his hand. You know, he is described as a root out of dry ground. So we can't wait for our circumstances to improve before we start improving what is within us. Amen? This is what we take to heaven. It's character. It's joy in the journey. It's the choices that we make every day. Is it your decision today? He says, he who overcomes will inherit how many things? He's going to wipe away all those tears. No more sorrow or pain or, 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 or sickness. All of those things will be gone. We can't guarantee those things are going to go away in this earth. People suffer. In fact, I'm going to share a, a, a statement that I carry with me in my Bible. It says here, All who in this world render true service to God or man receive a preparatory training in the school of sorrow. <clears throat> the weightier the trust and the higher the service, the closer is the test and the more severe the discipline. But Christ can look on the misery of this world without a shade of sorrow for having created man. In the human heart, he sees more than sin, more than misery. In his infinite wisdom and love, he sees your possibility, the height to which you may attain. He knows that even though we have abused our mercies and destroyed our God-given dignity, the creator is to be glorified in our redemption. Amen? How many of you want to cooperate with that right now? so that you can be a blessing to yourself, a blessing to God, and a blessing to humanity as we prepare for our soon-coming Savior. If that's your decision, will you stand with me today and we're going to have closing prayer. Dear Father, you are a complete Savior who saves completely. Lord, though we have been broken, though we have turned away, though we have inherited 6,000 years of agony, sin, and rebellion. Yet in this last generation, you are to be glorified. Father, take away our spirit of doubt. Take away the defeat. Take away the discouragement. Help us to do one thing over and over and over until we get it right. And you will give us the next thing. You have said the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Help us to cooperate with you. Help us to take that step today, never to be overwhelmed or discouraged, but to press on, press into you, through the difficulty, onto victory, until we meet you face to face. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.